right at the bottom of the hour, 4.30 on a Tuesday afternoon, 106.1 ESPN here in the capital city, the RVA. Bob Black with you here. Thank you for locking in with us on 106.1 ESPN. And we continue our NFL preseason talk. And Rob Motti joins us from Associated Press, from AP, AP Football Podcast. He is their lead NFL writer. You can read him, APnews.com, and you can hear him right now as he has become a regular contributor to our program, and we greatly appreciate that. Hello, Rob. How are you? Hey, what's going on, Bob? How are you? NFL training camps are going on, and even better than that, joint practice sessions are going on. And I know you wrote about this earlier in the week and over the weekend, but this really does seem to be a popular thing with virtually all NFL teams at this point. I guess, Rob, you would figure this is something that's going to stay moving forward because of the reduction in preseason games, and who knows? It might even reduce preseason games a little bit more. It does seem like most teams enjoy the joint practices, doesn't it? Yeah, they do, and there's a total of 27 teams this year who were scheduled to participate in joint sessions, and that went up from 23 last year, and then 13 of those 27 teams are doing joint practices with two clubs. So they're doing them for two separate weeks, and that went up from seven last year. And it's it's a trend that continues to rise, and certainly the one factor is the reduction in the preseason games, but also it's a more controlled atmosphere where the quarterbacks are, and, and let's face it, the quarterbacks make the most money. Nobody wants to see them injured in a preseason game. You can't tell the defensive linemen to let up and not knock that quarterback over, but in a it controlled joint practice. They can do everything as if they were playing in a game, but when it comes to that red shirt, you, you don't hit the quarterback. You're not stacking them. You're not hurting them. You're not taking them down. So it's a little bit more of a controlled atmosphere uh, for the teams. It's a safer environment for the coaches, and that's where the, the starters are getting all their reps nowadays. Then you leave the exhibition games for the backups and, and the third-string guys and, and really the guys who are fighting – for, for their next paycheck and fighting for roster spots. And we know that the roster cut down is different now, and, and teams are allowed to carry 90 guys as opposed to today would have been the first roster cut down, Bob. Today would have been huh. the first day. Uh, and, and instead, uh, some of these guys who, who would have been uh, handing in their playbook and looking for another team and another opportunity, they get to stay in camp. And uh, that, that may bode well for some. And for others, they, they, may, they may wish they had the opportunity to look for uh, a new team earlier in the season, uh, earlier in training camp. But I think joint practices are here to stay. They're, they're a great atmosphere. Fans can see in, in many of the cities, not all, many of the cities, fans can go out there and, and see them. And um, it, it's certainly fun and very competitive, far more competitive uh, than some of these exhibition games when you get into the third and fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. We'll drill down a little bit more on some of these teams as we continue our conversation this afternoon. But one more somewhat generally on these joint practices. Do you, do you think there are certain teams that it really benefits more than others, like up-and-coming teams, teams that are coming off of losing seasons, that kind of thing? And the reason I ask that question as a backdrop, in your story you did note that the teams that aren't participating, at least this year, and it may be philosophical, it may just be the way the schedules have worked out, are, are kind of what I would call pretty established established teams i mean to include the the super bowl champs kansas city's not doing it buffalo pittsburgh seattle dallas is the other one is there any rhyme or reason to why they're not and do you expect that that they join the masses moving forward 
I, I think it's a matter of preference for some of those coaches. Like Pete Carroll said, he likes the way they control their practice the best way possible than to have another team involved. Uh, it's hard to argue with anything Andy Reid and, and the Kansas City Chiefs do. So mm-hmm. uh, if, if they're going to avoid something like this, there, there's there's also that kind of, hey, I don't want another team to see what I'm doing in practice. I, I wonder if that might be a little bit of a factor for some of these guys. But uh, as you pointed out there in, in the story, it's only five teams and uh, who, who aren't doing Maybe some of them are logistical, too, as well, depending on where – where they are, where they're practicing, uh, what their preseason schedule looks like, who they're playing. But I, I would anticipate we'll still be in that going forward next year, 27, 28, maybe, maybe a couple of these teams say, you know what, there's something to this. Let's add one, one of these to our agenda uh, and go, going forward. It, it's, it, it's cool to, to see how different teams, different coaches, different styles approach something like this and, and what they're willing like I, I think the Eagles and the Browns this week are, are doing it a little bit later in the day uh, at 4 or 5 p.m. as opposed to earlier in the day. Depends on weather in some cities. Depends on what that looks like. Uh, I know there was one that was canceled last week. Uh, Panther ring for Panthers and the Jets that kind of shortened one of theirs. So uh, it, It's certainly cool to, to note and observe and, and see how they continue to grow. Hey, Rob, uh, we've had some signings, some activations this week, and uh, the running back room seems to be the hottest there. Is that just kind of the time right now where we're getting closer to the regular season? Uh, obviously, Dalvin Cook signs with the Jets, Ezekiel Elliott with the Patriots. The Jets also activate Brees Hall. Seems like the running backs are coming back to camp now. Yeah, and I think it's about that time where these guys, like a guy like Dalvin Cook, who certainly has had his opportunity from when he became a free agent and when he was released by Minnesota there's there's been teams there's been interest we heard about Miami and that's where he's from and and all of that but you you want to get this is that time now we're, we're getting into mid-August where you want to get into camp you want to make sure you're in football shape no matter what you're doing off the field no matter how much hard work you're putting in the gym putting into your personal workout sessions it's a little bit different when you put the pads on uh, it's it's August, it's late August, it's hot, and, and you're getting hit around a little bit. So you want to make sure you get in a football shape. You also want to make sure you, you understand the, the nuances of, of the new offense that you're going into. So um, it, it's that, that we've seen Dalvin Cook now, Ezekiel Elliott. There's still a couple guys that I, that I think at some point are going to get signed. Leonard Fournette's a running back, who I think still has something to offer. Kareem Hunt had some visits a week or so ago. Uh, I, I think he's going to end up signing somewhere. Washington, uh, right there in in your neck of the woods, is a team that's had some interest in him. He could be potentially a fit uh, for behind Robinson and Gibson there, um, and he's got familiarity with Eric Bieniemy. So I still think there's a few more signings to go, but uh, this is that time where you want to get those done. If, you, if you're a guy who hopes to get in there, compete, uh, and, and get a lot of playing time, a lot of reps, and Dalvin Cook's certainly going to be, uh, uh, he's a Pro Bowl caliber player. Ezekiel Elliott, I, I think, fits in nicely behind Ramondre Stevenson as the, the number two in New England. Be interested to see what he's got left. We've seen his numbers go down, yards per game since his rookie year has continually gone down. Is he rejuvenated uh, by Bill Belichick in a Patriot way? I'm not sure, but I still think he's got a little bit something to offer, too. 
Hey, that's an interesting one that you mentioned on Washington, something that we hadn't really brought up. Uh, but watch them very closely today, Rob, because, as you know, they're one of those teams that's doing the joint practices um, today with, with Baltimore today and tomorrow. And back to my earlier question, is that a team that these sessions could really help, a team like Washington? And everything we heard today from people up there and watched, Washington had a really good day, and I think Ron Rivera could really use that to his advantage. Eric Bieniemy, the new offensive coordinator, everything's going on there. That that's a team, you know, running back aside, um, that's a pretty good opportunity for them against a, a really good Ravens team. Yeah, and I, I think teams like when you said who does it help, teams like that who have a new coordinator, uh, not necessarily, it doesn't have to be a new head coach, but teams that have new coordinators, whether it's offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, you want to get out there and, and you want those starters to get those reps um, in, in live action like that. So I, I think the more they, they get to go out there, run some reps, run some drills, understand what Eric Bieniemy wants from them. Like all we heard about, what was it, a week ago or two weeks ago, is how tough Eric Bieniemy <laughs> is on these players. I'm hearing that coming out of Washington. I'm like, that's not what, you know, that was never the complaint in Kansas City. Uh-huh. And I thought to myself, hey, if Patrick Mahomes and all of these other players on the Chiefs rave about this guy and they won Super Bowls with Eric Bieniemy, maybe you want to kind of follow what a winning culture does. And maybe what Eric Bieniemy, as tough as he may be on some of these guys, maybe it's for their own good, for their own benefit. So uh, I think it certainly does help teams with the new coordinators, new situations like that to get in there and, and knock each other around or with some other teams and, and, and Ravens are good. Yeah, we know the Ravens are a great preseason football team. When, when was the last time they lost? <laughs> 24 in a row, Rob. 24 in a row. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 24 in a row. I wonder if they carry that off into their live uh, joint practices. That's yeah. uh, the weirdest streak in all of in all of sports. Uh, yeah. 24 straight wins in in the in the preseason. Uh, Rob Motti joining us from AP, talking some NFL football with us this afternoon on the on the sports huddle. Uh, we did have a start starting quarterback named today as the Colts said that Anthony Richardson will be uh, their starting quarterback on on opening week the rookie the the fourth pick overall he said he was shocked were you shocked Rob somewhat uh, I I was because I I don't think he's as ready as CJ Stroud or Bryce Young because he didn't he obviously didn't have as many reps in college I know he didn't look good. Nobody really looked good in the week one preseason game. And I, I'm not basing it off of that. Uh, I just feel like in a in a veteran like Gardner Minshew, they have somebody who can allow Anthony Richardson to kind of get his feet wet a little bit, watch from the sideline, let the game slow down enough for him. And maybe he roll him into the, the, the starting lineup in October. But I, I'm also looking at it from a different perspective. If you're the Colts and you're in potential tank mode and you don't care whether you win or lose games because I don't have expectations for the Indianapolis Colts other than to be a top-five pick next year, top-five team in the draft, then uh, Gardner Minshew gives you a better opportunity to win football games than Anthony Richardson does right now. So why not trot the rookie out there? Hopefully it doesn't ruin his career before it gets started, all the beating that he could potentially take. So I'm looking at it from that perspective, Bob, is the only way I can rationalize or justify this. Anthony Richardson shouldn't be starting week one unless you're looking at it long-term and you certainly would rather have the guy in there who's not going to help you win any games. 
Uh, finishing up with Rob Motti this afternoon, talking some some NFL preseason football. Uh, one of the teams in the in the NFC, and maybe we can get you can give us an AFC and an NFC team that's getting a lot of love in the preseason that hasn't been all that good of late. The Detroit Lions in the NFC seem to be on the tip of everybody's tongue. Are you kind of buying into that as maybe uh, the upstart team in the NFC this this year? Yeah. You- Every year, right, Bob? Every year there's a team that's kind of like the, the, the hot pick that everyone had the fashionable pick, whatever you want to say, for to uh, potentially go January, maybe be a Super Bowl team. And I, I don't always buy it, but this year with the Lions, I, I, I kind of do. I like the way they finished up last year. Uh, mm-hmm. I like the way Campbell has gets this team motivated, coaches, has them ready to go. And Jared has been – uh, a, a major, major surprise, the way he was able to go there. Like, he was supposed to be a stopgap, throw in the trade so they can give you extra picks and, and whatever, and he ends up being a guy who resurrected, rejuvenated his career in Detroit. So I think they got a talented team, a talented roster in a division that no longer has Aaron Rodgers, so the Packers aren't the team to beat. Uh, Minnesota, uh, for the success they had last year, kind of exposed themselves in the playoffs. They They are... Uh, to me, not not ready for prime time football team, and of course they let Dalvin Cook go. So I am buying into the Lions. I do think that they are going to be the NFC North champion. Wow. Uh, all right. How about on the AFC side? Is there is there a team at all similar to what we've been talking about, Detroit? We do for some reason, Rob. A lot of talk about the Miami Dolphins around these parts and the New York Jets around these parts. I don't know about either one of those, but and maybe it's neither. Is there an AFC team kind of similar to what we were just talking about? Well, the pressure's on the Jets. The pressure's certainly yeah. on Aaron Rodgers, and now they bring in Dalvin Cook. Like that, yep. that's a win now. Team, and they're in that they're in that situation where the expectation is uh, they brought in their savior, who's going to be able to end that playoff drought and, and potentially get them their first uh, Lombardi since Joe Namath. So I, I think the pressure is on the Jets. Um, I, I, I like that team from a defensive standpoint. I do like the coaching there, and, and I, I feel like Aaron Rodgers, the way he he looks free and happy and loose. What he can, he's got some weapons for sure. He already had weapons in, in, on that team, Garrett Wilson and, and other, and Brees Hall, who was activated today before they went out and got Dalvin Cook. So now he has even more weapons where it doesn't have to be all on him. He may only throw 25 uh, attempts in, in a game and, and they can win by running the ball 30, 35 times. So I think that's going to help him out too. So I, I, I buy into the Jets. I'm not a big believer in Miami. I, I just need to see Tua Tungavailoa stay healthy, and uh, I don't know that he can be able to do that. Uh, the, the one team I do look at, though, in the AFC, like the AFC's loaded, and we know all about the big dogs, the Bills, the Chiefs, the Bengals, and Joe Burrow's got a little bit of the ankle, uh, the calf issue, obviously. But I look at the Jacksonville Jaguars. What Doug Peterson was able to do with that team last year, Bob, I, I thought was very underrated. He should have been, in my opinion, the coach of the year. They go, they win a playoff game. I remember what he did in year two in Philadelphia. He won a Super Bowl. He is now in year two in Jacksonville. I'm not saying the Jaguars are going to win a Super Bowl, but I think the Jags are they're certainly the team to beat 
in the AFC South. And I think Doug Peterson's building something there to where this has got to be a team to keep your eye on that could challenge some of these big dogs, whether it's Kansas City, whether it's Buffalo, whether it's the Jets who step up, or Cincinnati, Charge, whoever it may be. I would say keep an eye on the Jaguars. Really good choice there. I like that one on the Jacksonville one for sure. Uh, liked our conversation today. Rob, let's do it again as uh, preseason winds down and certainly once we get into when the games uh, start for real in September. So enjoy the rest of preseason and really enjoy the visit today. Thanks, Rob. Appreciate it, Bob. Take care. Rob Motti, uh, who, again, uh, checks in with us from time to time around the NFL, uh, Associated Press, AP, their lead NFL writer, the Rob Motti podcast as well, and the AP football podcast. So there you go. I, I wonder what odds you could get in Vegas or just with your favorite sports book. That's an, that's an outdated phrase, isn't it? In Vegas, you can obviously place a bet, you know, sitting on your couch in this day and age. But take either the Jets, take the Jets and the Jaguars as the – AFC championship game, and the winner gets the Lions in the Super Bowl. There you go. You got a Jets-Lions Super Bowl or a Jags-Lions Super Bowl. I don't think we're quite ready to go that far on any of those teams necessarily uh, because, as Rob said, the AFC is particularly loaded, and the NFC you still got to go through. Uh, Philadelphia certainly, and San Francisco is going to be good again, and you know who knows what Minnesota might wind up doing all of that. So, but there, there you go. Those are some early um, picks that you could make and probably get pretty good odds for your money right now. Jets, Lions, Jags, Lions in the Super Bowl. Ah, uh, you can dream in August. You can dream in August. All right, quarter to five, break time. We'll come back, finish it up, get you up to the top of the hour, get you another ESPN Sports Center update at five o'clock as we roll along. Uh, the clouds are rolling in a little bit. Uh, some rain expected in our area, so be careful out there on the highways and by. Back after the break, 106.1 ESPN.